You're listening to Around the King's Table, a podcast of the Mount Church in Clemson, South Carolina, with Pastor George Marshall and Pastor Brian Mann. Pull up a chair and listen in as they seek to serve up biblical dialogue for building disciples of Jesus. Well, welcome to this episode of Around the King's Table. Is this episode 39? I believe so. Something like that? Something like that. All right. I'm Brian. I'm George. And uh, so today <clears throat> we're going to start a new series on the podcast called... Uh, look at the book. Look at the book. And we're just going to sort of weave it in and out. We're going to do some other things as well yeah. uh, over the course of the next... Year, year or two or, two. or however long it takes us to make a make it through first timothy second timothy and titus yeah right they are um traditionally called the pastorals yeah do you want to speak to them being called the pastorals yeah i mean it's historically they've been called that in a couple ways and they definitely do deal with some issues of you know who should be, you know, leaders, and how should the church mm-hmm. be organized? Some some institutional kind of things. Mm-hmm. It talks to pastors, it speaks to pastors, pastors and mm-hmm. deacons, and other things related to polity and the church and Absolutely. structure and government. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But all, I mean, ultimately, they're written to people who are really Paul's delegates. They're mm-hmm. not really in the structure of the church. They're there to shore up, to get the church kind of going, to get mm-hmm. it so it, it can further the faith and not. Yeah, flounder. Right. Yeah. You even go and look in the book of Acts. You can see them planting churches. Absolutely. And then one of the things that Paul himself is doing is remaining in those places and um, developing and establishing elders, elders. Mm-hmm. structures yeah. uh, in the church for the church to absolutely to yeah. survive and thrive yeah. and thrive. Yeah, yeah for the, and for the church Christ. to continue on even mm-hmm. past that. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what we want to do is try, as we might, by the Lord's might uh, to make our way through a chapter at a time. Eh. We'll see how we do. This one at least. We'll see how we do. So we're going to start with 1 Timothy chapter 1. Because it would take us a few minutes to read the chapter, we're actually not going to read the chapter. But I would encourage you. You can pause it or something and come right back. Yep. Uh, I actually listened to it several times on the uh, ESV uh, Bible app thing where you can listen to Kristen Getty. Read it Ooh. in her. She's Scottish or Irish? Is it? I can't. I don't know. Irish accent or something. Like anyway, it's amazing. So you can listen to her read uh, through First uh, Timothy. Uh, but that's what we want to do. We want to just step through it, and we're going to start at the top, and then we're just going to make our way down through uh, chapter one, and we'll try to go heading by heading. Of course, you know the headings aren't actually there, uh, but we'll try to <laughs> we'll try to go uh, through the text for you, and you can just work your way. At a measure along with us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. So, George, let's we'll start at the top. At the top. At the top here. Awesome. What do you see in these first couple of verses of First Timothy? Yeah, and the uh, anything stick out to you? Yeah. Uh, I think the first thing that sticks out is you know Paul, right off the bat, is is typical. He he says who he's from. I mean, the letter it's a normal letter. It's it's who it's from comes first in a mm-hmm. Greek letter. Yep. Um, so Paul is pointing out who he is, why he is the one talking, um, and. It, 
the, the thing that really stands out is that by command of God, our Savior and of Christ Jesus, yeah. our hope. He's an apostle of Christ Jesus mm-hmm. by command of God. Yeah, yeah, but that command is what's really going to set it off because he's then going to turn right back around and basically say, not only am I an apostle by command, but now I'm commanding you. I'm have you, not, you giving you a charge. I'm giving you a charge, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so there's this passing on of command as well. Just mm-hmm. as Christ has commanded Paul, Paul is now going to command Timothy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think that's good. Just as a reminder, an apostle, uh, when we talk about that in, in Scripture, at least from our point of view, I think, unless you have anything you want to add about no, apostleship, no, no, yeah. uh, is just that these are folks who have uh, were witnesses to the resurrected Absolutely. Christ. Yep. Yep. Okay, that's Saw right. him, heard from him, all mm-hmm. these kinds of things. Those are apostles. Yeah, absolutely. Um, big A. Big A. Big A apostles. Right. Yeah. Uh, the the one thing I think that stuck out uh, stuck out to me there uh, in verse one. Uh, again, you mentioned by command, he's an apostle of Christ Jesus by command of God our Savior and of Christ Jesus. I just really appreciate that he says our hope. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, he's going to get into some things. Certainly, he has dealt with some things in uh, his apostolic ministry. Uh, Timothy, it seems, is dealing with a lot of difficult things. Mm-hmm. Um, as he's seeking to have this, the, the church in Ephesus established, um, that he is, uh, yeah, he's undergoing a lot of things that are that are difficult. They're, they're trials, um, and uh, just to hear from from Paul here, Jesus Christ is our hope. Mm-hmm. Just stay fixed on Him. I think as you move through the chapter, uh, that's going to be something that, that he he emphasizes. Don't get pulled off to all these. Things, things that are vain and unnecessary. Yeah. Be stayed upon Jesus Christ. Mm. Be stayed upon the gospel. Yeah. Uh, he is our hope. Yeah. So I appreciate uh, Paul cool. there in, yeah. in verse one. Jesus Christ, our hope. Yeah. Uh, verse two uh, is interesting in that Paul usually, um, when he starts off a letter, it'll be grace and peace. Mm-hmm. And here he he adds mercy. Mercy. Um, and actually, throughout the chapter, it's actually a theme. He's going to bring it up here. He's going to bring it up in verse 13 and verse 16 yep. of how God is merciful to him. And he's just reinforcing here mm-hmm. as he's talking to, to this individual, to Timothy, mm-hmm. that grace and peace. But also just you've got to understand the mercy that Christ has shown you mm-hmm. so that you can then turn that over to others. Would you make a fine distinction between grace and mercy? Um, yeah. Is there a, a fine distinction? There, there's a distinction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, and we can think of it, it's a little bit too blunt, but grace as undeserved gift. gift. Mercy is actually... Withholding? Uh, maybe not withholding, but, you know, not getting what you what actually... You deserve. That's usually what people say, not getting what you do deserve. I say, mm-hmm. you know, Paul, he looks at himself, and we're going to get to it. I mean, he is a mm-hmm. blasphemer. He is a persecutor of the church. Mm-hmm. He was an opponent, an aggressive, angry opponent. Mm-hmm. Um, and he says, but I've been shown mercy. I yeah. don't deserve that. I actually deserve punishment, you know, as a blasphemer. Mm-hmm. Um, and instead, I was shown mercy. Yeah. So that I could be an example to... Yeah, so. it reminds me of uh, the tax collector. Mm-hmm. Jesus talking about the tax collector, the Pharisee, and the tax collector. Of course, yeah. Paul was a was a Pharisee. Yeah, um, absolutely. And and so he now becomes the tax collector. Yeah, and right? not In even and not even yeah. a nice Pharisee. Like you have Gamaliel, who you know, right. cr- you know, basically is is known for having said, yeah. "Be calm. If it, yeah. if it's if it's, if it's of God, if it's of God, it'll do. If you and if it right. isn't, you can't oppose it." Paul's right. like, "Uh, uh-uh, we're gonna make sure it doesn't happen." Right. And you know, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was very zealous, very, he was zealous. very zealous Pharisee, uh, but by the grace of God, the mercy of God, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, he ends up being the one, like the tax collector, who won't even look up to heaven, beats his breast and says, God be merciful, merciful to, me, to me, a sinner. A sinner. Yeah. Right? So Absolutely. we're going to pick that up as we go through the chapter yeah. as well. So what do you think about Timothy? He says, my true child in the faith. Is Timothy somebody you think he actually brought to the Lord, or is he just somebody who's he's really close to and has had a, a long-term maybe discipling relationship with? I don't know that I've ever thought about it too much. Okay. Um my, my sorry to put you on the spot no it's okay no it's great this is good they I don't know everything <laughs> um, no I mean I my guess is I mean there's a place in Acts right um, I don't know would you say that he's Paul's the one who is used of the Lord to lead him to faith I don't think so okay. I, I think this is a long-term partnership discipling mm-hmm. relationship um, yeah. but I don't necessarily think that there's sympathy he's, exactly. he's an older older yeah, he's probably Christ. more 60s, 70s. He's probably yeah. you know in his 40s at this point. But mm-hmm. you know, he, he, when he first got to know him, he was much younger. Yeah. But, but yeah, I think he was already saved. I think he came to faith much earlier based on how Acts describes it. And, yeah. yeah. It, I, it just seems like it's a, it's a good discipling relationship. Yeah, he definitely has, uh, has uh, some unique affections for, mm-hmm. for Timothy. And, yeah. I, and I imagine Timothy as well for, for, Paul. for Paul as well. Yeah, so they just have a very tight-knit relationship in Christ. Um, yeah, probably worth pointing out that Timothy is a young, a younger guy, a younger, guy. a younger guy. But I mean, Young-ish. we're still probably talking, mm-hmm. yeah, thirties, forties. But we would kind of, at least he, he's an adult. I mean, but, he's a but as far as guy. Yeah. interacting with a, a community that's highly familial, highly mm-hmm. whatever, there's a lot of social structure and hierarchy in a, in yeah. know, that sort of. It, it, yeah, he's coming with some baggage. He's yeah. gonna have to deal with. Yeah, First Timothy four twelve. Let no one despise you for your youth. youth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's some of that going on. Yep, absolutely. Some of that that you know, you're little you're a little despicable to me because you're young, That's and right. yet you're you're operating with a kind of authority. apostolic authority. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's right. Okay, we'll move on here. Move on here to uh, uh, verse three and and probably just that whole section there, verses three through yeah, three through eleven. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you see there? As we head off. Well, I mean, the first thing is that he is skipping over his normal. I mean, Paul, normally he gives, you know, after he's done the greeting, he usually comes in and starts talking general, kind of a, a little mm-hmm. bit of Thanksgiving, a prayer for, you know, yeah. what they what the church has done. Paul sort of skips that momentarily and goes right to, I, I left you here to do something. I'm going to, you know, insist, keep on doing it. Yeah. Um, and so he, he does kind of jump over his normal to say... I've urged you, remain, remain, so that you may charge, and that's again Stick that charge. It out. Not only you, you be charged, yeah. you charge others yeah. not to get into this Stay. teaching of a different doctrine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seeking uh, it out the, is a hard. Yeah, the remain, the remain piece there. I mean, I, I think just in our own culture, it's like when things get hard, the first thing that we want to do you is leave. is depart and go to a, to yeah. what we think will be yeah. greener uh, pastures. Greener pastures. Mm-hmm. That's right. And yeah. Paul's like, no. Stay. Yeah. yeah. Remain. Yeah. And, and I think this is basically going to be right into our first part where he, he throughout the rest of the letter, there's going to be this repeated mm-hmm. you know, uh, contrast with opponents who are, these are not the same necessarily opponents from yeah. the original, you know, the sort of the, the other 10 letters of Paul, whatever. Mm-hmm. These are opponents who are using the law, but it's slightly different here. The, Paul's thing is, is all about, you know, they're, they're going down vain discussions. They're dealing yeah. with geo- myth and endless genealogies, genealogies, which we're not thinking like ancestry.com. They're not sitting there checking their parents. Yeah. They're more 
trying to look at, say, the law and the Old Testament and history and read it in a very allegorical way that kind of divorces faith from the gospel. So they've, they've kind of put in place a way of reading scripture that negates the gospel, and they're going down this tra- trajectory yeah. um, and kind of getting very confused. Yeah, I actually I was thinking of uh, Philippians, I believe it's chapter 3, where Paul himself is talking about his pharisaical pedigree, his own self-righteousness or what he would come to know as his own self-righteousness and one of the things is he's able to go take his his genealogy his line all Mm -hmm. the way back you know and that is held out by him as a significant piece of his righteousness before god yeah right and so maybe there's some of that going on here as well Possibly. When we usually think of the Judaizers in the other letters, we're usually talking actual mm-hmm. Jewish. Right. At least they profess to be Christians, yeah. but who are who are putting this burden of the law on top. Mm-hmm. Whereas he doesn't really talk about them here as Judaizers. So while the yeah. law is definitely a heavy impact, mm-hmm. and it kind of plays out, especially into verses like 6 through 11. Yeah. Um, but he is... He doesn't necessarily make it as clear that these opponents are even Jewish. They may be a Gentile audience, but one who is sort of latched onto the law. It's kind of like, um, I don't know, back in the, I don't know, the 90s, the early 2000s, there was this big thing like people knowing biblical languages. It's almost like magic speak. Mm. You know, you have somebody quote scripture in an, in the you know original language and people are like, oh, that's so awesome. And mm-hmm. you're like, it's actually just human language. Mm-hmm. It's It's God's inspired word, but... It's just language. It's not. There's nothing magical to it. And I think this is a little bit of what's going on here. Is do you believe in magic? View of, gosh, <laughs> please don't sing that. I won't. Okay. I almost <clears throat> did, but I won't. Wow. I'll refrain. I think one of the things that that uh, does uh, stand out for me, if you get anything maybe from these verses, is that number one, teaching matters. Absolutely. Teaching matters. Yeah. So he's saying, uh, remain in Ephesus that you may charge. Notice he doesn't name them right here. He says certain persons Mm -hmm. uh, not to teach. Not to teach. Not to teach. So there is a time when apostolic delegates, uh, those who have received apostolical Christianity, the charge of apostolical Christianity, maybe elders, elders, right? Yep. uh, Need to go to people and say, stop teaching. Yep. Yeah, so he says... Not authorized to teach. Yeah. Your voice, great, not here. That's right. Yeah. So he says, don't teach, right? Charge charge them to not teach any different doctrine nor to devote themselves to myths and endless genealogies, as we said. Uh Here's why. Because those things, when they teach those things, it promotes speculations. Uh-huh. Uh, it, it, it gives it gives uh, the the body slippery slopes upon which to move away, slip away from the gospel. Yeah. God does not want Christ does not want uh, his people to be living on slippery slopes to to be chasing after all these speculative yeah. things. Right? He wants them to be solid and established on the gospel. Yeah, when we we live in a culture that is all about, I need that kind of a, the the kick of newness. I, I you know, mm. great gospel foundational but you know what's new what's going to you know win the day today what's going to be the thing that draws and this is the gospel that's going to draw these things that you're adding on to it are Mm -hmm. what's actually the distraction or going to kill it if you're not Mm -hmm. careful yeah yeah so he's saying what what i want is for you to charge folks if you're going to charge them to teach they need to teach in a way that's going to cancel out speculative stuff Uh and establish them in the stewardship from god yeah that is by faith so yeah, get we're, not, we're not just there. yeah. It's not just a you know whatever we're trying to teach that 
comports with the culture. There is a mm. body of teaching mm. from Christ mm-hmm. to his apostles mm-hmm. to their disciples on, yeah. onward. And so there's a body of teaching that we're passing down and we're faithful to that body of teaching. Mm-hmm. We've um, received it by faith. Yeah. Believe it by faith. Teach it by faith. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And Paul has staked his mm-hmm. whole ministry on that. I mean, basically he yeah. was somebody directly opposed to it now is somebody who is totally engaged into mm-hmm. it. It's his all. And to feel like, yep, something is perverting that yep. is a direct contrast to what he's tried to do his whole life so far. So mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, you go to Galatians, right? He's, mm-hmm. are you so quickly deserting the gospel exactly. that was preached to you? Yeah. Right. Corinthians As if there the is same. another gospel. Mm-hmm. There's not. St- yeah. Stay there. Stick there. You know? Yep. Um, it's interesting that in verse six, uh, he, he kind of comes back to this a little bit. He, he mentions the certain persons again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, they have swerved, he says, yep. from certain things that are critical, it seems, for apostolic ministry. Right. And it's verse five. So First Timothy 1, 5, which is one of the great verses, yep. right? For, for a minister. The, the aim of our charge is love from a pure heart. Yeah, the issues a good conscience from a pure heart, a good conscience and a sincere, a sincere faith. faith. Right. When you read that verse as a pastor uh-huh. of a local church, what what comes comes forward for you? Right. The aim that. of our charge is love. That issues from this. It's almost like there is this. Um, I don't know, this reservoir mm-hmm. out of which something overflows. Indeed. It sounds very Johannine. Okay. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's right. Right. Living water. <laughs> the Holy Spirit. Right. But you have this, so so pure heart, good conscience, sincere faith. Do you want to parse out any of that? Yeah. I mean, it stands it's it's a lovely verse, mm-hmm. and besides for being lovely, it's incredibly powerful. We've been dealing yeah. with you know the heart and how the heart really tells us a lot about our orientation, yeah. how, what we're doing things out of, whether what we do is actually giving God glory or not, mm-hmm. whether it is towards righteousness or unrighteousness, and and I certainly think he has a little bit of that in mind, just how. He's not doing things for deceptive reasons. He's not doing things to puff himself up. Um, he wouldn't have done ministry the way he had if he was. Mm. Um, he's repeatedly in his letters talked about how he's done things out of a good conscience that mm-hmm. nobody has anything they can, he, you know, that they can hold against him over May his it be head. Lord. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> how, how great yeah. is that? Yeah. Um, and That's a sincere right. faith. Once again, he he can say, you know, I've. I've run the race. I've done yeah. what I've done. I've said what I've said, and I, I can stand by it mm-hmm. um, because it's from Christ, and I, yeah. I, I can stand on it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's pretty powerful. Yeah, yeah. The 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 pure in heart are the ones who shall see, see God. God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the good conscience that he's he's lived a life where his conscience has not cut him. Mm-hmm. You know, he has a good conscience, or if it has, he's gone to make amends. Right. Uh, in the ways that that give him a good conscience towards towards all the people, yeah. Sincere faith, um, he truly believes in Christ mm-hmm. and uh, wants the best for Christ's people and wants to live by the word of God. Uh, it's interesting. 
uh, when I read when I sit on this verse, I think of uh, I think it was Robert Murray McShane who talked about the most uh, the most important vital uh, thing uh, that I can do for my people is to live a life of personal holiness. Yeah, it wasn't his preaching. It wasn't as as important as that is. Yeah, it wasn't past the pastoral visits. It wasn't the counseling. It wasn't all that. The most important thing was his personal holiness. And, and I think is, that's certainly going why. to be Paul. We're not even quite mm-hmm. there yet. Paul is not getting there yeah. yet. But his point is going to be: Yeah, you have these examples of these mm-hmm. false teachers who are telling you to stop, mm-hmm. and as sort of the the foil or the opposite to that, he offers himself. Mm-hmm. He could have offered. Christ. I mean, what? But he, but he offers himself and his example as a apostle to Timothy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting too. Again, uh, just because love gets so uh, uh, misunderstood mm-hmm. today in our culture. Yeah, uh, I think again to say that the name of our charge is love that issues from. It's it's love that's coming from a pure heart, mm-hmm. not a diluted one. Right. A pure heart, a good conscience by the word of God before God, right? Uh-huh. It's a God word conscience, yep. Yep. right? So there's a moral component uh, Absolutely. to it. Yeah. Uh, and then this sincere faith. It's going to be a love that is in line with faith in the gospel, faith in the gospel of Christ. Uh-huh. Out of that, here comes real love, right. biblical love, true love uh-huh. uh, for people. And, and two... Sometimes, like we just said, to put it kind of put it all together, and because what's coming up right after this in verse six and moving forward, he's he's going to return to these false teachers, right? Exactly. Um, and and so to understand that there is a component of love that that rebukes, absolutely. There's a component of love that reproves and corrects and goes to people and says, "Stop it! Yeah, stop teaching this." Correct. Just as right. if just as just as God's love has a component of discipline to his children mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah okay so here we go uh pick it up in verse six <laughs> he's back to these certain persons yeah, swerving they've swerved from mm-hmm. these things correct okay yeah mm-hmm. right. uh so swerve from desiring to be teachers of the law without understanding either what they're saying or the things about which they make confident assertions so again it's this vain discussions this endless yeah. stuff we're going to find something new to talk about that's going to be so it's the theologian who just wants to talk and discuss theories and but yeah. never really settles on this is what I believe. This mm-hmm. is what we teach as a people. Mm-hmm. This is what Christ has passed to us as solid faith. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the gospel. Mm-hmm. It's all just endless like, oh, it could, this could, verse could mean that, or this word could have been being used in this way. And it's all this just stuff added on um, when you have a whole body of people who are really just desperate to know what, what does God desire of us Mm -hmm. and what are we supposed to do how are we supposed to share our faith Mm -hmm. um and yeah you can just get kind of far away from it um but i think you know he is emphasizing the law here and he's going to draw that out in eight because ultimately eight through eleven act as sort of a reinforcement of that while he's not explicitly walking through the commands at least in the first half you do see the first couple things he, he does pairs of words and the first three sets are really sort of generalized commandments one through three hmm. and then once he gets past that he starts really doing five and six seven and eight nine um, so he is walking through the law yeah. in a sense or at least the ten commandments the decalogue he's walking through it kind of saying if these people know the law so well they wouldn't be like this 
this is what they are being like. Um, mm-hmm. This is what they are doing. Um, and so he does set up this contrast where they want to be teachers of, but what they're doing and the way that they behave, the way that they teach, doesn't lead in this direction. They don't even know this what the is law not, is for. Right, exactly. Right. Yeah. yeah. There's a bad use of the law. Mm-hmm. And there's a good use of the law. Right. So, I mean, he, he goes here in, in, in verse eight, eight and yep. now we know that the law is good. If the law is good it. if we use it lawfully. lawfully. As right. intended. As intended. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's interesting because if you go back up to verse five, when he says the aim of our charge is love, love. well, the mm-hmm. fulfillment of the law is love, love, love to God and love exactly. to others and especially the household of mm-hmm. faith in Galatians again. Yep. So he's saying, okay, there's a good use of the law. What is the bad use of the law? Bad use of the law is to puff ourselves up to say yeah. I, I've 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 checked everything off the list. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, he's he basically does say you know it's the law is intended for those who are lawbreakers. Mm-hmm. It's not actually intended as you know the thing that guides those who are righteous already or who are walking yeah. with God. It is yeah. meant to call out sin, which is yeah. in conformity with the rest of. Paul's sort of understanding of the law. And many people do look at Paul for some reason in this and try to see it as in opposition, as if he's negative of the law here where he's been positive before or Mm -hmm. even vice versa. And you're sitting there, no, this sounds very much like what he's talking about in Romans, that the law causes us to feel or be convicted by our sin. Mm -hmm. And therefore it's intended, it's aimed at sinners. Yeah, which is where he's going with his his own testimony. Yep. Right. So it seems like you have a group, some some folks who are trying to arrogate to themselves the authority of teachers amongst the people of Christ right. within the, the church at Ephesus. Yep. And one of the things that they're doing is they're they're using the law. It seems to say uh, you've got to keep the law. There has to be some element of of obedience to the law, and it almost seems like it's kind of canceling out the gospel because that's where he's going. He's going to go I think to twisted it because I yeah. don't even think they're handling the law as we would like. We would think a lot of like you've got to be, you know, legalistic. I don't even think they're treating it like that. Yeah, they no. are twisting the law and teaching some twisted version of it here even. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Yeah. So you know, it's interesting. I think it's a warning. It's a warning for teachers um or those who try to teach mm-hmm. the word. Um we need to be ourselves impacted by the truth of the word yeah. that we teach. Maybe taught by the word. We need to talk by teach God. The word. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. And it's almost like, again, these folks, whoever they are, uh, whatever we might be able to say about them, have not been hit by what the law is actually intended to do, right. which is to really, again, convince them that they are sinners before God and that they need Christ and Christ alone, who is our hope. (laughs) Like that's it. We have no hope with God. We were hopeless in and of ourselves. And the law is supposed to show us that. Yeah. And then drive us to Jesus. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So he mentions here several, uh, several um, uh, expressions of our sinfulness. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The law exposes Mm -hmm. when it's used lawfully, Yep. It exposes us. It's laid down for the lawless and the, the disobedient, mm-hmm. ungodly and, and sinners. Pro- yep. Profane. Yeah. Uh, the unholy, unholy and profane. And profane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, those who strike their fathers and mothers. Yeah. So children. 
we have a commandment there yeah, we're talking about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For murderers, the sexually immoral, men mm-hmm. who practice homosexuality, enslavers. Enslavers is an interesting one, yeah. It is. He's, he's probably both talking slavery and may, maybe doing a jab at the teachers who have sort of enslaved, enslaved. the people. By, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Uh, liars. Perjurers. Perjurers. Mm-hmm. And then he says this, whatever else... That's not all, uh-huh. but whatever else is contrary to sound doctrine. Yep. And of course, we just can't miss the connection there between life and doctrine. Right. Yeah. It's impossible. Mm-hmm. Like he, he connects what we believe, the body of doctrine that we believe, to how we behave. Mm-hmm. So if you have bad teachers, yep. there's a good chance that the people who are being taught You'll by that teacher is going to have a bad walk with Christ. Yeah. Right. One that has swerved away from the stewardship of God. Mm-hmm. The faith once for all delivered to the saints. Yeah. Which is why you have to make sure that when you raise up teachers, mm-hmm. as Paul is going to want Timothy and Titus to, to, to do, to raise up elders in the church who can teach men, who can then teach other men, who can carry out this succession of good teachers, of yep. sound doctrine, yep. right? Because he wants the church to be healthy. Yeah. Right. So you so, need more than competence. You need more than charisma, and uh, you, you need lights, you need camera, Jesus. action. <laughs> right. All the things. All the things that yeah. we might we might go. No, that is an awesome church, or yeah. whatever it is. What is of paramount uh, importance to the apostle Paul is that we have sound or healthy doctrine that's in accordance with the blessed gospel, right? Of our amazing God. Yeah. In it's the sort Lord of Jesus the, Christ. The interpretive peg mm-hmm. in one way of looking at. Yeah. Yeah. He's going to go on. I believe it is in this letter, right? First Timothy chapter three. He's going to say, uh, he's going to call the church. Uh, oh yeah. Here we go. So I hope to come to you soon. I'm writing these things to you so that if I delay, you may know how one ought to behave, behave. in the household of God, which is the church of the living God, a pillar and buttress of Truth. There you have it again. Behavior and truth. Behavior yep. and truth. Hear that? Okay. Behavior yep. and truth. And Those well, things are connected. Have, and we have a dearth of that in, in our society where anybody who focuses on doctrine is, is just mm-hmm. a nitpicker. Doctrine is not important. What is really important is what we do. Mm-hmm. What that typically means is I want to do it the way I think it should be done. Yeah. And I want to ignore the, the theology. It's it's not helpful. Hmm. And they've just run past the gospel very, very quickly. Hmm. Um, because the gospel and right thinking about theology informs what we do. It tells mm-hmm. us how to do it properly and what should actually be done. Hmm. Yeah. So, so in essence here, he's first, again, verses 3 through 11, he is saying, Timothy, it is incumbent upon you to safeguard the gospel. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's a good that's a great summary, actually. Yeah. yeah, safeguard the gospel. And then, here in the beginning of verse 12, mm-hmm. it goes all the way through verse 17. You're going to mm-hmm. get Paul's testimony. Yeah. Okay? And mm-hmm. we're going to get, again, a good summary of the gospel, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Um, you know, in verse in verse 15. Or at least we get a, a, a saying that is trustworthy. Exactly. Right? So, do you want to pick it up there in, in verse 12? Yeah. So, he says, I thank him who has given me strength, Christ Jesus our Lord, because he judged me faithful appointing me to his service. There's some heavy bleed over here with yeah. uh, like a second Corinthians <laughs> five. Yeah. Uh, I actually mm-hmm. wanted to pull that out. I'm going to read it. So second Corinthians five, let's see from now on. Therefore we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we mm. regard him thus no longer. 
Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God who gave, who through Christ reconciled yeah. us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. So he That's gave right. him yeah. something, ministry of reconciliation. Um, that is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Mm-hmm. So there's this, again, he's reinforcing we're saved because Christ was about a ministry of reconciliation. Yeah. Therefore, that's what we're about because this is what he's given us to be about. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm about mm-hmm. um, is this. So he's, again, he's reinforcing that, you know, what I'm doing is the message of the ministry of reconciliation because Christ was about the ministry of reconciliation because it is what leads to love out mm-hmm. of a pure heart. It is a good mm. conscience. It is a sincere faith. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And then he goes on to talk about, again, you mentioned the mercy aspect mm-hmm. of things earlier. Yeah. He gives his testimony here, yeah, essentially. He's a blasphemer, which yep. is a pretty harsh language. But basically, He basically was somebody who not only opposed it, but said what... what yeah. We, we talk about... If he had lived the, in the days of Moses, they would have stoned him to death. Right. I mean, you're basically... <laughs> if you have somebody say, God is saying yeah, this, yeah. and you stand up yeah. and go, Jesus is wrong, yeah. that's essentially Paul. Paul said, no, 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 yeah. you are not who yeah. you say you are. Yeah. And your people who are now proclaiming it, mm. I'm going to punish them because they're running counter to God's yeah. will. They're actually opposed to it. So he's coming right up as close to the line. We talk about, you know, those who, you know, told Jesus that he has a demon. Yeah. Paul is pretty close to yeah. that at this point. And that's really what he Jesus said. Jesus opposite the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Blasphemer, persecutor. You think about that, like he, he went around and was enslaving, imprisoning, um, uh, leading to the, the martyring of, mm-hmm. of Christians. Yeah. 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 Right. So yeah, insolent, an insolent opponent. He wasn't just like, you know, yeah. Wasn't uh, just not like, really for me. I wrote a blog post about <laughs> right. it. Right. Yeah. He was pretty angry about it. Yeah. He was pretty angry about the whole thing. And then this is what's remarkable. But yep. you gotta love those butts. Those butts. Pregnant right? butt. Mm-hmm. Uh I received did you just say pregnant butt? I did. <laughs> I'm Pretend sorry. that Cut just it. move on, move on. Cut, sorry. But, but I received mercy. Because I had acted ignorantly in unbelief. In unbelief. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then he says that here, and here's, we're talking about, is there, is there a way to splice, to, to kind of parse out grace and mercy? And so now he says, I had received mercy. Uh-huh. And then he goes, and so I didn't receive what I, I didn't get what I did deserve. Right. Verse 14, the grace of our Lord Jesus overflowed for me uh-huh. and I love this with with uh-huh. that's interesting with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus as if that faith and love were not his own possessions well it's actually it came the, in the, the grace, stream the grace faith and love were not mm. his possessions mm-hmm. they are the contraries to yeah blasphemer <laughs> yeah persecutor <laughs> persecutor and insolent, insolent opponent, opponent. Yeah. That's right. It's grace. Yeah. So it's yeah. all gift. All of this is gift. Yeah, it's an overflow of, of, of the love of God in Christ towards this person, an individual, personal love of God towards Paul, who, who and this is, here it is, okay? So verse 15, 
the saying is trustworthy. We love those kind of sayings. Yep. We love we love the trustworthy sayings. It's easy to be handed yep. on. It's believable. <laughs> yeah. It's trustworthy. That's right. That's right. Which every line of scripture is, but this is very succinct and uh, and it's it's one of the great verses. Right. The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance, full embrace, yep. full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world, so he existed prior to it, outside of it, pre-existence of Christ. Christ Jesus came into the world to save not the righteous but sinners for those law teaching mm-hmm. folks to save sinners and then he says this this is what's so crazy of whom i am the foremost now as christians as christians we go is he really right are we really because we, we because when we think of paul we think missionary apostle we think all these things and we kind of forget about saul we, we forget about yeah. that guy Right, yep. but what's amazing here is that, like within a few minutes of each other, maybe as as the, as this has been written down, written down, yeah, he is he has mentioned the lawless, the disobedient, the ungodly and sinners, the unholy and profane. He has mentioned those who strike their fathers and mothers. He's mentioned murderers. Uh-huh. He's mentioned the sexually immoral. He's mentioned men who practice homosexuality. He's mentioned enslavers and liars and perjurers. Yep. He's mentioned all these expressions of sin. And then he comes down to himself, who was a scrupulously self-righteous Pharisee. And he goes, worst. Jesus Christ, yeah, he, he came into the world to save sinners. And I am the worst of yeah. all of them. Yeah. And that is incredible. It's because incredible. if we yeah. if we take it if we take it as it is, it means this is the thing that's always just astounded me. It means that the sinfulest man you think about the grace of Jesus in this, right. the mercy of Christ. Mm-hmm. The sinfulest man that ever existed is not in hell. Yep. But in heaven. That is the sufficiency, mm-hmm. the majesty, the power, the saving power mm-hmm. of the grace of Jesus. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Wow. Now he gives a purpose there in verse 16, right? He does. A purpose for why Jesus mm-hmm. would save him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it seems to be to say again, if the sinfulest person that ever existed in the history of the world is in heaven, then you have hope. Yeah. Because you're not the sinfulest. Yeah, somebody <laughs> It wasn't dependent on you. Somebody yeah. else did it. Yeah. The yeah. sinfulest is in heaven, and the grace of Christ then is enough yeah. for anybody. Yeah. Yeah. So he says, I receive mercy for this reason. Mm-hmm. That in me, as the foremost, as the foremost, Jesus yes. himself. So mm-hmm. Jesus is not a dead guy. Yep. He's a living guy. Jesus mm-hmm. Christ might display his perfect patience. As an example to those who were to believe in him for eternal life. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And then he goes well, doxology. Then just a stunning doxology. Yeah, yeah. And then he goes yeah. doxology. There's a sense there we do need to hear that our salvation is owing to the patience, the long-suffering long kindness suffering, yeah. of Jesus. Yeah. Just think about that. Yeah. Our salvation, if you're saved, if you're a Christian, it is owing Yes to the mercy, yes to the grace, yes to the thing. But I don't know that we think of our salvation often enough in terms of the patience. his perfect, long-suffering yeah. patience, kindness towards it's because us. Because we have not really thought about yeah. his justice yeah. in light of his wisdom, yeah. in light of 
yeah. this wrath and love yeah. for those who are sinned against. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I was, I was, uh, so I, I was alerted to the fact that so yesterday uh, we preached on uh, John eighteen one through fourteen. Apparently, uh-huh. Alistair Begg also preached on John eighteen one through fourteen. Oh, okay. Uh, I don't know if it was yesterday or sometime prior, but that's what came up on Truth, the Truth for Life podcast. Oh, okay. Okay. And there's something that he said in that, as I was listening to it, uh, maybe it was last night or uh, this morning, I can't remember. Uh, but he said... Did you wish you had said it? Yes, of course. Okay. <clears throat> and with his accent, that would have been great. That would have been great. Um, but there's a, you know, where Jesus says, who do you see? They say, Jesus of Nazareth. And Jesus says, I am he. And then the soldiers and the officers, they fall, they fall, they fall back, back, they draw back and they fall uh-huh. to the ground. And then Beg says, in that moment, there's a display, essentially of the patience of Jesus Christ. They could have fallen into hell. Yeah. They could have fallen back into hell. They only fell back to the ground. Yeah. That's that's pretty that's pretty awesome. Yeah. So again, we're just seeing here that our salvation is owing to that kind of patience. We don't we didn't deserve to to live another second. That's how how grievous our sin is against God. Mm-hmm. It's just cosmic treason against the living and absolutely perfectly beautiful holy god against the, the express command was yeah touch this fruit eat this fruit you will die yeah that's right that's right and he sustained us long enough to save us and then give, to give us life that never ends never ends yeah he actually blocked them from the garden so that they wouldn't yeah. consume the fruit and be stuck yeah. in that state they yes just, there was this yes and it leads us right into doxology right into worship mm-hmm. to the king of ages immortal invisible the only, only god, god be honor and glory forever Amen. and ever. Amen. Amen. Truly. Right. But that's yeah. not the end of the chapter. It's not. <laughs> so, let's feel that, and then let's finish the chapter. Yeah, there we go. Okay. So, again, charge. I entrust you, Timothy, yep. my child, in accordance with the prophecies previously made about you, that by them you may wage the good warfare, holding mm. faith and a good conscience. Again, there so reinforcing yep. it again, faith mm-hmm. and a good conscience. Yeah. By rejecting this, some, again, some have made shipwreck, which is some brilliant, he's, Timothy is at Ephesus. They're, it's a, it's a port. They're, they're yeah, that's this right. big, huge yes. thing. And he says, they made yeah. shipwreck. They've brought yeah. it. We would, we might think, you know, train wreck or some massive yeah. accident. Um, but they've, they've made shipwreck of, the ESV has their faith. Mm-hmm maybe the faith, mm-hmm. but they've, 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 they've wrecked it. They've, yeah. they've run aground mm-hmm. contrary to the gospel and made just an, an end of everything that mm-hmm. was actually hoped for from the gospel. Mm-hmm. Um, among whom are now called out two specific leaders, Hymenaeus, yeah. Alexander, and we see Hymenaeus in other places. I mm-hmm. Alexander. They're not the only guesses. two. They're, they're not the only two, him. but these are just leaders, mm-hmm. maybe people who stand Need out. Need special attention. Yeah. He's handing them over yeah. to Satan that they may learn not to blaspheme. So yeah. again, we have Paul saying, I'm a blasphemer, but I know it. And I've, I've, you know, I've been saved. It's the mercy of God. These two are handed over so that they might learn and hopefully turn around. So there's this church discipline. You know, you see Corinthians played out all over again, mm-hmm. where Paul has said, in my estimation, my mind, they've been handed over to Satan. They're mm-hmm. not to be treated as as mm-hmm. teachers in the church. I can't even say, yeah, these are these are Christians. That you need to treat them as such. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. And again, same chapter. The aim of our charge is love. Yep. End of the chapter. I handed these guys over to Satan. Because I love them. <laughs> because I love them. That they may yeah. learn. That they may learn something. Correct. Just like by the grace and mercy of Jesus, I've, I was taught something. That's correct. Not to blaspheme. Yeah. But to speak what is true. 
of Jesus, yeah. to speak what is true of the gospel, to speak what is true ultimately of God and his, the revelation of himself in mm-hmm. his word. Yeah. Yeah, I know. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. So uh, I actually think there, just maybe to close it out here, by rejecting this, verse 19, some have made shipwreck of their faith. Mm-hmm. I actually kind of think... It's their faith. Well, no, no, no. I was actually going to say, I think that's kind of the... As you go through the whole letter, mm-hmm. it's almost like Paul is telling Timothy, the responsibility, the charge that I'm giving to you is to help people make it to port. Mm. I like that. That's a good image. The responsibility is help people not to make shipwreck of, of mm-hmm. the faith. Help yeah. people not to make shipwreck of their faith. Mm-hmm. Help them to make it all the way home. Keep them on the tracks or whatever it is. Put put you know, help them yeah, to navigate the waters. Right? Right. Don't don't let them swerve off over here. So I don't know. I love the Pirates of the Caribbean stuff. So I, I was watching the Jack the Jack Sparrow thing and he's uh, he's got this compass and a compass just it, it doesn't go north, south, across, it goes wherever he whatever he desires. Goes. His yeah, heart yeah. goes, right? Yeah. He's saying, Don't do that. Okay? Like get people's hearts set on Jesus. Don't let them swerve off to whatever these desires are and stuff like that. Help them to get their desire set on Jesus and then sure. go that direction. Yeah. And help them to make it all the way home to port. Don't let them make shipwreck of their faith. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So uh, it is a, that is the great charge, mm-hmm. really. Yeah. You know, yeah. Is, to, uh, is to keep people uh, straight in line with Jesus and ultimately to see them endure uh, with Christ all the way home. So, all right. That's chapter one. Do you have anything else you want to add there? Oh, gosh. Um, I mean, there's some great things here that we could. One of them is, is, you know, people are constantly, uh, I don't know, certain scholars want to suggest that Timothy is not Pauline, that it's, it's, you know, people in the, the succeeding generations or whatever. But, I mean, there's just stuff in this chapter that makes one go, wow. Like, Hmm. what kind of person who wanted to prop Paul up, make much of him would have him say as a blasphemer, persecutor, an insolent mm-hmm. opponent, you know, as we were talking through that. But mm-hmm. so these are good reasons for looking at this and going, Where he just elevates the grace of Jesus. Pauline. It sounds yeah. like Paul is reflecting yeah. himself sure. and in a way that isn't, you know, just something we would cast off as, you know, this is just somebody making it up sounding like Paul. They wouldn't have, it wouldn't have made any sense to talk about Paul in this way. Um, to do that if that was what you were trying to get at. Yeah. Um, and the only other thing is a wordplay, and because I like wordplays, and that is if we look at verses 11, mm-hmm. um, and we kind of go forward, it says, in accordance with the gospel of the glory of the blessed God with which I have been entrusted. Yeah. Entrusted is a, a form of the word for faith. Mm-hmm. When I say pistis. Trust. Yeah. Yep. So entrusted, enfaithed. Mm-hmm. Um, I thank him who has given me strength with Christ Jesus our Lord because he judged me faithful. Mm-hmm. That same word again, appointing me to his service, though formerly I was a blasphemer persecutor, but I should mercy because I had acted ignorantly in unbelief. So mm-hmm. this is a pistia. It's the, the, mm-hmm. the opposite yeah. of that, the not having this faith. Right. And the grace of our Lord overflowed for me um, with, <laughs> with the faith. With the faith. Yeah. This saying is trustworthy. trustworthy. Right. Faith, faithful, mm-hmm. faithful. Mm-hmm. And so there's this, he is reinforcing yeah. in these verses in a way that maybe sometimes misses in English, mm-hmm. uh, but in the Greek is just, it's faith, it's faith, mm-hmm. it's faith. And faith not in the sense of just 
faith in just you know i hope uh, in in the way that's whimsical or wishful and not but this is yeah. this is faith this is more trust yeah. i think that interesting interesting mm-hmm. being trustworthy this element for paul is is important and then as he's talking to timothy and passing on the stewardship yep. of the message this charge i entrust trust. to you i was trusted with it not because of me but because God chose to, and I'm now entrusting you as well, Timothy. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think that's the only thing I'd add. Okay, good job, we made it. Okay, sweet. All right, thanks, brother. <laughs>